It's the Taking It On with Paula Price podcast with your host, Paula Price, taking on the issues, representing Jesus Christ, unapologetically truthful, taking on popular opinion, and now your host, Paula Price. And understand, your soul is potent. It is so powerful because it is the invisible you that makes the visible you satisfied and successful or enslaved in this world. We're going to see that in a little bit. So when you go there, this is all about, literally, it's about learning your soul as the creator made it. Because you should know that God made your soul a certain way. He made it to function for a reason. But notice that your soul is not dealt with until it hits the planet. Did you notice that? Your soul is an earthly voyager. It travels the planet. And it obeys God and fulfills the reason he made you or rebels against it as Adam did. So when you look at when you look at this, your soul as a creator made it. First of all, to let you know that Ezekiel 18, behold, all souls are mine as the soul of the father. So also is the soul. Also, the soul of the son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall what die. Next, Isaiah 57, 16, for I will not contend forever, neither will I be always wroth, for the spirit would, would fail before me and the souls which I have made. I just want to make sure you hear all of this. Okay, I will come back to that. And the uh, Ezekiel 18, 4, oh, we did that one. Uh, the last one, and you can write this down in your uh, notes. Okay, I want to read this because it is important that you understand how God thinks because we think we know, but we don't. Job 34.10, now then, you wise, take note, you men of knowledge, give ear to me. Let it be far from God to do evil and from the ruler of all to do wrong. For he gives every man the reward of his work and sees that he gets the fruit of his ways. So I wasn't making that up. 3412, truly God does not do evil and the ruler of all is not a false judge. Who put the earth into his care or made him responsible for the world? If he made his spirit, now this is the part I want you to get. If he made his spirit come back to him, taking his breath into himself again, all flesh would perish or come to an end together and man would go back to the dust. Think about that. One deliberate, pervasive inhale and we're gone. God inhales once and we're out, we're done. I don't know about you, but oh my goodness. That is a powerful thing. And so it said, you know, when he says that, he said, but if he sets his heart on him, 
And if he gathers his spirit and his breath to himself, all flesh. So if God decides, I am sick of y'all, thank God that he's shed a bow. See, that is a reason for you to bless him for long suffering. Not just suffering. Long. The long is the piece we want to get it with. <laughs> that long suffering. That God, he keeps forgiving day after day. His mercies are new every morning. And because he delights in mercy, we are still here. And so when you think about it, and I like to talk about this part with the soul because I want people to understand that how God does it, you know, and, and if we're made in his image and likeness, there are things that we also decide we're done with. And we get rid of it. We don't keep it. And so when he says if he should set his heart on it and, 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 and gather his spirit, there's so much in that. We can talk about that. Prophet Tamir, for about a year, huh? Because the wisdom that's in there, there's science in there, there's, there's anatomy in there, biology is in there, cosmology is in there. There's a lot in there. If he should set his mind on it, if he decide to gather his spirit, it coincides very well with Genesis 1. God spoke, but the, the Holy Spirit, what? Hovered, breathed on the water. Brooded. And they use the word brood, which is interesting. It's unfortunate that they change it to hover like he's some sort of spaceship that's hovering over the waters for we don't know why. Because the word brood, it was deliberate. Because the, and here's why it was deliberate. Because the earth was being replenished. Which means he had other seeds and other material there that he had put to sleep that he had made impotent. And so the Holy Ghost is brooding like a hen. A hen doesn't breed the egg first. When you say breed, her brood, we're talking about finished product. So the Holy Spirit is brooding on the water so that when God says, let there be, be happens. See, the Holy Spirit's not going to fail God. He said, because I am God. I know y'all don't care. But I happen to like my position. And so he's not going to fail God like that. And so when he says to you that, that when you see that, the Holy Spirit is always brooding. But that means you're always brooding. What is he saying? Brooding has to have something to brood over. And broody makes you moody. Uh, you know, so he, the Holy Spirit is hovering over the water so that when God says, let there be, the Holy Spirit is making sure that something will be. And so then after he said, let there be, what does he start telling you? All of the things that are coming out of the water. Isn't that powerful? So you got it in your apostle style. All of a sudden, chicks coming out, things that fly are coming out of the water. Things that, I mean, that creep on the ground. All of it's coming out of the water. So what is that saying? Mind your moods. Mind your moods. Don't be so quick to give in to your bad days and your selling moments because you have no idea what you're hatching. Mind your moods. Does that help you? See, because some of you all don't realize that you have what you brood over. And then you'll turn around and say, why does this keep happening to me? Why do you keep hatching it? 
Okay, if you look at the next one, just a, if the, it's a, a mixture of the um, fixing my soul issues and you have your heart, you've got the, the brain and you've got in the middle of that your nervous system or your soul. And so, and it's telling you it has to happen in your head. Creativity doesn't mean that you only create good things. Everything about us is one-sided, single-dimensional. You can create evil all day long. God said, I make peace and create calamity. Deuteronomy 32. So you, if we're made in his image and likeness, why we, another reason we study the scriptures is because we're made in his image and likeness. And we're learning how to live with his life the way he does. Don't get it in your mind that God didn't have his own, whatever time he decided to count something, that he did not have to consider what would keep him alive, what would kill him, what would bring forth for him, what wouldn't, what he would have to bring under subjection, what he can give free reign. God had to do that for himself. And he had to do it for himself before he made anything else. Because that would have, as, as uh, Lucifer's rebellion shows, if he didn't perfect himself, everything he made would be imperfect, number one, and he couldn't fix it, number two. It's easy to fix a prototype than it is to fix a population. I'm going to drink some water. How's that? I need some water. Do you all hear me? See, Jesus is the prototype. So God worked himself out and then he worked himself out and then passed on Jesus. So Solomon discovers in Ecclesiastes that God made man perfect or made him upright. And he invented many schemes. That's where you all are. You are there. You are him. We are made in his image and likeness. You can fuss about. I don't make enough money. And God will tell you, you should have gone to school. You should have finished school. You should have gotten a trade. You should get over yourself and go find a way to make more money. Some of you all, God has been telling you to do this or that for like ever. And you're crying. You should believe in yourself. Work your talents. Find out where else your talents can thrive and prosper. But you are the one to think, I work nine to five, I'm done. At five o'clock, I'm finished. Six o'clock, I'm done. I don't need to do another thing. Well, that's fine, but you've just established the constraints on your life. And it's according to your will. Jesus said often, be it unto you according to your will, according to your will, according to your will. So obviously he would understand as the maker that your will, that he ordained and he designed you for your will to make happen what you will. Even if it's something you didn't act on, you will not to act on it and you will to let a matter take its course. These are practical truths and they're working whether I, if I never told you about them, they would still work. You just wouldn't know why you wouldn't have answers. And if you don't have answers, then you can't have solutions. And if you don't have solutions, you have no power to correct. 
because answers and solutions give you power to correct. That's the issue today with, with this whole kind of um, demonic re uh, regime is that now you can't take correction. So if you can't take correction, you don't get answers. God won't even give you answers because he knows you can't take correction. He's like, well, that's a waste. And you know, Jesus is like, I, I, don't, know, I don't waste my stuff now. So we have the, who were you to judge me? What is that? That's blocking people from answers to correct. Because right now you, you're, at, you're at resistance and defense. I'm resisting you, judging me, whatever that means. And I'm defending my error. And I don't care about the correction. How many times have you heard wrong people say, I don't care? Three years later, they care, but it doesn't matter because they have less to care for. So when we go there, just to see um, how the next one goes, heart, will, mind, gauge. So it's your heart that commands your will. Your will literally instructs your mind and your mind programs your brain. How'd it go? Does anybody remember? Your heart commands your will. Because you're, it, and it literally, if you thought of your will as a multi-pronged infrastructure, all of your wants, all of your desires, all of your pains, sorrows, all of that are, are locked in your will. And by whatever priority you have set, your will goes to make it happen or to first, as a surveiller, search out opportunities for what can be resolved. That is why when you don't resolve things in your life, you don't face them, you don't resolve them, you don't talk about them, you, you, you feel stuck. You can't go forward. You can't go forward because your will is like, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know. You're not telling me what to do. So we will stay in this holding pattern until you decide what you want me to either go after or to fix or to revoke. You get the point. You have got to give your will something to do. And some of you only give your will a tantrum. We're just, I'm, I'm just mad. Okay, so your will is like, okay, emotions, everybody, let's, let's go into rage mode. I'm just sad. Let's go into cry mode. But I don't know. I'm just confused. Let's go into thick dust mode. But you've got to give your will something to do because it will stay static until you do. Now, you're moving, but you're, you find yourself in the same cycle. You're moving by rote, the same thing over and over again every day. And you don't know why. And then suddenly, when your heart gets to the point to say, I'm done with this, or I'm frustrated, your will it translates that as to, oh, you want me to go to work on that? You want me to, you want me to, are we closing this out? Are we progressing? What are we doing? And that's something we don't talk a lot about, but I'm, I'll show you that in a little bit. We get into that a little bit more. The next one is just telling you, you know, we, we were talking about this, uh, our fixture upper class, but what it, this is about is getting you in touch with your soul for you to care for it, change it and control it. Your soul should not be at the whim of anybody whose will is stronger than yours. Most of you are living under someone else's will and it's not God. 
mama will, daddy will, sister will, brother will, hubby will, kid will, somebody will, wife will, you don't, and you don't realize it. So that, and you do that because you have told your will, you don't really have any work for it to do or anything for it to do. So it now colludes and collaborates with the will of the person you think is stronger. And thus, soul tie is born. Stronghold is created. Because you didn't want to sit down and work through what you should team up on and what should be your responsibility for you in life. Thank you for listening to the Taking It On with Paula Price podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit drpaulaaprice.com for resources and training materials for how to think differently and live powerfully. Follow Dr. Price on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Dr. Paula Price. See you next time.